On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, the king has returned. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us up on the Instagram or Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, it has been a week of football, a good weekend of football. Man, I'm excited to jump into it, but first let's welcome in my main man and yours, DJ High Star. What's good with it, broski? Here, what's good? What up, what up, what up? What's, what's good, Carolina Sports Talk Nation? Bro, how you been, man? Did you enjoy this weekend of football as much as I did, bro? Yeah, absolutely. I know we're going to get into the... Panthers game, which I was at, uh, of course, um, and then, uh, but first and foremost, definitely have to send the congratulations out to my dog, your dog, our frat brother, uh, Christopher Juju Davis, man, he had uh, had nuptials, we was uh, both in the building, I appreciate, I still got $20 that I need to slide you for a little bit of that elbow <laughs> grease that you spared, um, helping a brother out, but I was able to DJ his wedding, and you know how I normally don't invite nobody out to my private events it seemed like i invited all the bros out there i know he had you know what i mean he he didn't miss an invitation it seemed like because we had our whole uh omega sci-fi family there Absolutely. Or it was a it was a it was a beautiful thing man and a beautiful ceremony so congrats again to juju um and shout out to him definitely yeah i gotta give it up one more time for my dog juju and his beautiful wife jessica man we enjoyed ourselves out there at the ceremony man uh, so yeah, shout out to the good bros. Like you said, we were out there with Saturday. Then you had the privilege, like you just kind of glossed over though. But you was out there at game number one in Bank of America Stadium watching our Panthers get robbed. Some might say, but uh, some some might say it had less than stellar performance. Listen, man, got robbed worse than that uh, Bishop in Brooklyn, man. Hey, he yo. just got straight. Yeah, man, <laughs> he just. They pull one, a fast one on us. Yeah, man. Without further ado, man, let's go ahead and jump into some NFL scores. Man, a good week of football started off. I'm going to start down here with the Thursday night kickoff. The Bills taking care of business over the Rams, 31-10. The Eagles over the Lions, 38-35. We had the 49ers going down to the Bears, 19-10. The Steelers on top of the Pingles pause, 23 to 20. The Dolphins taking care of business against the Patriots, 20 to 7. The Browns, barely, and by the over the Panthers, 26-24. The tie, first tie of the season in week one. The Colts and the Texans tied at 20. Saints over the Falcons, 27-26. Ravens taking care of business against the Jets, 24 to 9. The Commanders in stunning fashion over the Jaguars, 22. Well, it stunned me. The Packers fall to the Vikings, 23-7. Giants over the Titans, 
20. Chargers over the Raiders, 24-19, and the Chiefs over the Cardinals, under Cardinals, 44-21. Buccaneers in Sunday Night Football take care of the Cowboys, and which we will talk about shortly, 19-3, to, 10, uh, to 3, pardon me. And then lastly, in Monday Night Football, the Seattle Broncos, the Seattle Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks spoil the return of Mr. Uh, Mr. Futures, you know what? Respectfully, Mr. Russell Wilson. Oh, I start. Yeah, now nah, I start to call him something different. But get that man his name, Russell Wilson, lost to his uh, old team, Seahawks seventeen, Broncos sixteen. Man, uh, as much as that was to say, it was even more to watch and enjoy, bro. But uh, definitely a good weekend, nonetheless. Like I said, of some good football. Um, I know we'll talk about and get in depth a little bit with the Panthers game, but. Of the slate of games that happened from Thursday up through uh, Monday night, what stood out to you? That um, I got more wins than losses on my picks, but also there was a lot of upsets. (laughs) A lot of close games, a lot of upsets. Mm -hmm. Now, Thursday night, um, shout out to fantasy football and all my fantasy players out there. Thursday night, uh, your boy kind of... I punked out and uh, and, and kind of got nervous about pulling the trigger because I had the Bills defense. Uh-huh. And I was nervous about it being the, the highlight. Like when it's all, the only game of the night and it was those two offenses, I thought that they was both going to put up points crazy. Um, I did not foresee the, the three picks that Matthew Stafford would throw and, and things like that. And also Von Miller showing up the way that he did. So I benched the Buffalo Bills. no. Which ended up being, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a big, big mistake. Caught Pittsburgh Steelers defense and special teams on my waiver wire. Mm. Scooped them up uh, on the whim. And just just on a, like, it wasn't even a hope and a prayer. It was just like a, a kind of a, like, I, I had a hot feeling about the situation. And it was like, out of all of them that are listed, I'm going to pick them up. Right. Pick them up. So I I lost 17 points with the Bills on the bench, but then I gained 24 points with the Steelers. Um, and I say all of that to say there was a lot of teams that that performed and, and scored some points on them defense and special teams this week um, doing a thing, man. So this is a very, very good opening week of football. Kind of remind me of college football because of the matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the matchups actually meant something. And shout out to the Chargers, man. They're gonna they played the Raiders, and then they I think that they have to play Denver or they have to play another division foe next week. So like back to back division games, games yeah. for them. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. Definitely an amazing week one. Now for full transparency, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. Uh we said that we were gonna keep a tabulation um for the full season and, and definitely weekly. Uh, last week, your boy, yours truly, Big Cliff, went seven and nine in his picks, and I have a graphic out there on social media for you guys to check this out. Because again, we're about transparency. Uh, your boy went seven and nine last week, and uh, my co-host DJ High Star went two and six. But uh, we need to we need to add the Birdman um, drop. You know, put some respect <laughs> on my name. Let's say that again. You know what I'm saying? Put some respect on my name. Ten. And six. I hear you, bro. Mm-hmm. Ten and six. I went seven and nine. So you got a little three game cushion on your boy. But uh as I said, uh it's a long season ahead, man. We got some good picks. Now I will say this. I uh admittedly made those picks kind of like seat of my pants in that moment. 
I will definitely be taking my time because like as I was going through the weekend, like actually looking and paying attention, it was like, yeah, no, this is definitely that, that it was set up for that to be a win. And then as I went through and kind of repicked everything, it was a, more uh, closely aligned with what it really was in real life. So next week, you know, I'm a, now that we're going to be actually recording it and having some accountability and some real journalism skills with this thing, I'm going to make sure I put the work in and uh, mm-hmm. give you guys what it deserves with that. So I will Did not have, have any- another seven and nine week. I can, I, I'm putting a stamp on it. Let's go. Got you. Did you have any favorite games of the weekend? Yeah, the the week, the first game itself, you know how sometimes those can fall a little flat. Um, and I think that's maybe what led into my mind with the home team just getting their championship rings in the last 10 years. Um, that There's only been one other squad to have lost their uh, championship claiming trophy wearing game, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I felt good about it. But then that Bills defense and stuff, man, like that, that looks like it could very well. I would not be surprised. And I mentioned it to you off air. I wouldn't be surprised if the first game of the season ends up being the very last in the Super Bowl as well. And I hope it is just as entertaining because that that first game really set the tone um, for a good, awesome week of football. Another game that kind of stood out was the Patriots losing to the Dolphins, man. Shout out to Patriot Patty, man. But I ain't when I did pick against your team, I ain't really mean for them to get got like that, man. But um, yeah, for me, that that was that it was a good week, man. That that first game started it off. The Sunday night game was a little bit of a letdown, definitely because I had Dak almost fantasy team as well. Uh, but how, real quick about fantasy, how did you fare this week, bro? With regards to um, to your scores with your fantasy squads, did you? Yeah. What's your record? Two on one. Um, okay. I went two on one with all three of my teams. The the loss that I did suffer that score was like one sixty two to one sixty, and. Uh, that was again a product of having a member of the Dallas Cowboys on my fantasy team. So I got CD Lamb mm. and Schultz and number eighty-five off of Dallas. I can't recall his name right now. Uh forgive me, Benedict College. I'm sorry. But uh number eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, number eighty-five though. Um You know what? It was, still gonna get it, it bro. Getting it. What? <laughs> bro, what are you talking about, man? They was doing a thing even after Dak went out. And CD Lamb could not catch a cold out there, bruh. That's even true. like he just couldn't get separation. Uh the, the he, he was frustrated whenever if the ball was thrown a little bit out of his, you know what I'm saying, radius. And uh, bruh, it, I'll go ahead and get this out right now, bruh. There's 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 two, there's clearly two tiers of top receivers in the league right now, as far as, as number one receivers, right? Okay, okay. You got your superstar, 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 number one receivers that name three, even top tier. Huh? name three, mm-hmm. Devonte Adams, mm-hmm. um, Tyreek Hill is going to get his. Yep. And, um, what's the third that I can name? DK, DK, he, mm. he definitely, I'm just saying the ball stuck to his gloves yesterday. Um, who else? You would put uh, him as super superstar top tier? No, nah, I'm just uh, help me out, bro. I'm on the spot right now. I'm I'm just saying. Would you put a- there's 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 oh oh excuse me like your Jamar Chases of the world, of course, Justin Jefferson. I definitely put the uh, second year. I'm definitely put you're them. putting them up there. And I'm just, I'm not saying that there's a right answer to this. I'm just kind of trying to gauge where yeah where your level. Justin are Jeffersons of the world. Okay, Jamar Chases. Like they know that the game plan is made against them specifically, and they still perform. They still like they 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 don't have any kind of crying or whining about it. They know they might get roughed up or double teamed or whatever, and they're gonna show up. So you gonna put a Cooper Cup up there? 
yeah, I'll put Cooper up there because he's he's gonna get his space in. It's nothing, it's nothing um amazing that he does athletically or anything like that to get his stuff. But, he but he's get gonna his. get to his spots and he's gonna get the ball. He's gonna get his touches. Um and then real, go ahead. Real quick, Thursday night, the only reason that uh the Rams even had any semblance of an offense was because of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. I had yeah. to put it out there and like and so and that helps me to understand more effectively your point. Um, I, I wanted to fake on Cooper Cup all last year. Oh, he doing that and he ain't been done. But I, if you take a look at him, he he's he's that package, bro. Paul, the real deal. He is literally like. Think that. about it. This the he's one of the last receivers that we talked about from last season, and then one of the first ones that the hype had to begin around because yeah, I had the first game of the season, mm-hmm. and he still showed up and performed. Whereas, like we'll talk about in a second, again, it took a bunch of teams a whole half or a quarter and a half, I mean, one, one and a half quarters to even wake up and, and, and show up. But um, so, so to finish my point or to, to, to put a bow tie on it, there is a level below that where for your team, you're the number one receiver. <laughs> you might be greatest amongst y'all unit of receivers, you know, might not even be the nicest because the, the, the perhaps the tight end, um in your on your team on your offense is nicer than you but you you like you falter in the face of the adversity of a game plan meant like built around you so you get bracketed or you get double teamed and it works and then you just see the number two (laughs) receiver going off or whatever like that like that's you know and shout out to dj man i I love you because you're a Panther and I want to give you that, that nod, bruh. But it just shows me how special your man, Steve Smith senior was, bruh. Honestly, mm. like that, that boy was special at his, with his height, bruh. He's, he's like, he was on some, throw it up in the air. I'm, I'm going, going to get, get that it. thing, <laughs> bruh. Yes, sir. And, and everybody, everybody might have their eyes on me. Cause I might be the hottest thing in before Cam. I might be the hottest thing in Carolina right now. But put that, put the ball in the air. I'm going to get it. So there's like, there's a little, there's something missing. It's, yeah, like I mean, and and again, we'll we'll go over the Carolinas, um, the Carolina game itself. But you, so if I had to name, I guess three in that, it's like a DJ, uh, um, definitely CD. Because you, you're not, it's like, you're not as advertised, bro. Like, everybody is giving, since you've been drafted, has given you this great, oh, he gone. And you had one or two highlights, and everybody thank you to man. Let's slow down. See, the only, I don't even put CeeDee Lamb in the same with DJ Moore. Now, I will okay. respectfully give you that DJ may not be where those other guys are as far as expectations and all that. But at the end of the day, he does have the talent. Um, I think that he, based on just his numbers that he has with the subpar quarterback play that he's experienced during his time in the league, he's still one of, statistically one of those top-tier guys. And so as far as the, oh, I expect this dude to get off no matter who's there, no, but he is producing. And so I, I would put him just outside of that top-tier class but maybe in like a separate tier. Like I would put him and DK closer in a class below the Justin Jeffersons of the world, the Jamar Chases, the 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 elitist of the elite. So um, then leave CD Lamb. 
Nah, CD outside of that. CD Lamb down there with like a uh, Jarvis Landry or something. Yeah, or not like, even Jarvis because Jarvis used to be one of those top guys, but he's just not anymore. He's older. Uh, CD Lamb is out there for me alongside like a Curtis Samuel, somebody who's got okay. some skills, who's who can, but he just ain't quite all the way consistently been there yet either. So. Um, but yeah, it's so many. There's a lot of great young talent and older talent still at the wide receiver position, man. So um, I, I definitely agree that there are levels and there's there's tiers with it. And um, I just think DJ is a little bit higher than you may be giving him the credit for. <laughs> Moving right along. Since we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, uh, you you had a chance to be there at the stadium, man. How how dope was the atmosphere there up in Charlotte for the first game, bro? Opening game, yeah. I've been to many a Panther game in the past, but this is my first opening opening day or opening game that I've been to. I, I must say I enjoyed myself. Um, the atmosphere was there for the fans. Um, one thing that I brought up to you yesterday when we were out catching the game. Charlotte is definitely the melting pot for a bunch of different NFL fans. Like whenever we have a a game on Sundays, a home game, I'm always surprised at the number of away jerseys that I actually see, like walking Mm -hmm. up to the stadium and stuff like that. So there were a bunch of Browns fans out there. But one thing is that uh, it took us a while to start the to start the car up, man. I don't know you. I don't know if you have if your dad had one of them old school joints where you had to hit the gas pedal three times to to choke, like hit the choke on the car or whatnot. But it, it took us a while. Like now, well, all I kept saying the first half with my peoples that I was sitting with or whatnot was, uh, "Oh man, he's scared. He's nervous." Talking about Baker, right? He's scared. He's nervous. He he's he's not built for the moment. You know, it, it was bad quarterback to uh center center the quarterback exchanges the whole first half and um and the browns just had his number at the end of the day um he settled in a little bit after the first half and and as he settled in would you see the importance of a quarterback because as he settled in the rest of the offense kind of settled in as well and they reminded themselves like all right y'all like you know what i'm saying it's like they kind of got to a point got their swagger back like we're the carolina panthers one guy that didn't need any settling in at all, Mr. Brian Burns, number 53. That's Shout fine. out to him. Um, my dog was all over the field. He was like a one-man wrecking crew, like, oh, I'm not finna let us – like, we're not losing on my watch. So, like, he was after uh, Jacoby Brissett all game, um, and and he was, he, was, he was getting to it. Tackle after tackle after t- tackle. Um, Christian McCaffrey showed up, of course. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just amazing. Like when I watch him, I I'm never worried about him. The, the handoff or the exchange of the football or his actual run. I'm only concerned whenever he finishes the run, the way that he finishes, because, um, that's when I get nervous or whatever like that and start knocking on wood and everything like that. Uh, but Baker, um, like I said, it just took a while to for him to get the car started I think he the the check that he wrote with his mouth was a little too large or whatnot <laughs> to to back up uh, with his play at first. Like he had to, and then to a certain point, when do we start looking at the the OC and the play calling or, or whatnot? 
whether it was in that rule or, or the OC. So um, the aggression of their defense should have dictated certain calls where Baker was getting the ball out of his hands fast or quicker, just different um, play designs where he's able to, you know, three-step drop or out of a little gun or anything like that and get the ball, whether it's to the flats or just like just, you know, getting the ball out of his hands, period, and not waiting for big-time plays to develop or whatever. I, I agree very much so with a lot of what you said. Um, here's why I'm frustrated, and I'm getting ready to sound real DJ High Star right now, but um, I, we're a bad franchise. And even when we DJ have... High Star, DJ High Star Stradamus. <laughs> even when we have a good team with potential, like I feel like we do, there's always this feeling in the back of Panthers from fans' minds like, okay, how are we going to mess this up? How's it going to go bad for us? Um, do I feel like we can turn it around and pull it out? Yes, because it's just way too much talent. But it's going to be a, a surmountable climb from where we are. Um, I am going to stick by and go down with my prediction that we will make it to nothing less than an NFC championship, although they did nothing to uh, comfort that for me in week one. But, At all. Um, like you said, with players like Jeremy Chin, who is a dog, with Brian Burns, with 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 all we have the potential for in the, on the defensive side. Now Horn looked like he is coming back from an injury. Uh, he was not who he was at the beginning of the first three games last season. Um, so we'll see how much because without playing in the preseason and, and, and that kind of transitions to one of our other topics, not having that time to play in the preseason. It's already a shorter shortened preseason. And now you got players who just don't play. I think that's heavily what affected the Rams on Thursday night. They just felt like, oh, we're good. We're the defending champs. We're going to come out here. And just when you have such a large percentage of your offense that just didn't play, plus you're still missing exactly. like your Van Jeffersons of the world and so many other skilled position players. And then you got your Odell Beckhams, who's not even on a team anymore. And so with, with the newness that's there, you have to have some continuity and practice. And you've got to have some real game speed uh, interactions to be able to get, get that timing and stuff together. And so it, I'm thinking probably by week three, it'll be a more true representation of what the Carolina Panthers are going to be. Even, and again, you and I talked about it off air uh, after the game, Baker Mayfield played a team that he had been with since his NFL career began. They saw him in and out of practice. They saw him in and out of games. They know exactly who he was, where his strengths and weaknesses lied, what defenses he liked, which ones gave him fits, which one gave him bother. And that's exactly what they came out. They came out like a team that knew the player inside and out and performed to his weaknesses and to their strengths against him. So every week is not going to have a Jadavion Clowney lined on one side and you got Miles Garrett knowing what you don't like playing against the other right. side. While we give the Browns credit for that, we do have to wag our fingers at the the fans that that were championing. Oh, it's going to, you know, uh, pretty much saying like he got enough motivation to go up against his old team because it's got to be one or the other. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it, it Both can't coexist. One is going to win over the other. So is it that he has the motivation and that's his old team and he's going to spite them and he's going to come for them? Or, you know what I mean, as it played out, it was, again, the more practical thing of, okay, this is our defense. We know we know who this guy is and his tendencies. We can game plan around him. We've got practice film on this guy. we got every kind of film that game you need on this film, guy. Like, exactly. 
So we we can we can actually, you know, do that. And, Literally um, taught him what he knows. So I and 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 then physically with his height, uh, you know, um, it was just again, it was it was it was painful seeing him hold on to the ball and get crushed. You know what I'm saying? And then if he try if he tried to scramble or something like that, his pump fix wasn't effective. And it, it was just it was it was a painful thing to watch in the first half. Now, I will say that watching the, the pieces of the game that I did watch, um, I, I saw a touchdown, a 75-yarder, out to a Robbie I got Henderson. You know what I'm talking Anderson, about? Right. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. I got Henderson out here in this piece. Now, but R- Robbie looked good. And, and much to what you were talking about earlier, when they game plan to shut down your number one, your number two gets to stat- stand up and, and get off. And this was actually Robbie's fifth 100-yard game since becoming a member of the Panthers and first since 2020. And so it's definitely good to see that there are guys who stepped up. And it's a good – even watching Baker rush for his touchdown, it lets us know – that we can do with this, it's just going to take a little bit of practice. And so I'm still going to remain hopeful. And um, despite what I saw, I'm not going to be overreactive and or swap one way. Although, again, they did nothing to ease my uh, my worries. But I- I'm confident that we're going to be good. And so much so that next week we're going to have a chance to t- uh, bring on board our guy Eric Tyner, our Panthers reporter, who's going to join us on air to discuss the Panthers' next matchup and, and get, you know give us some insight and perspective from that. So we definitely look forward to having Eric on next week as we hope the Panthers are doing a bit better. Any other games that kind of stood out that you wanted to, to kind of run through a little bit, bro? Uh, shout out to Saquon Barkley. He looked good. Um, in their uh in the Giants win, the close win that they had. And then also the tie that went the tie that went down, man. That was that was interesting, yeah, to I say sh- the least. Absolutely. And I actually shared a little thing on my personal social media about that this week. That four teams within the AFC West, uh or South, pardon me, have played games so far, and none of them have a win, including two that played each other. So the, the the combined record of that division is Owen, excuse me, Owen two and one and one. So uh, it, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's still anybody's lead, uh, anybody's <laughs> conference or uh, division to take over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Jonathan Taylor did his thing for for my squad and stuff like that, there was like the teams that I counted out for the most part. They stood up and performed, man. Like. Uh, Pete Carroll had had Seattle ready to play last night, and uh, a lot of other teams. Like I said, the Giants they they went out there and fought. Uh, so so shout out to those those teams that are pretty much the underdog and did they thing. Yeah, now there is. Um, I do want to also give a shout out to the Carolina Sports Talk League. Uh, they they fought and scrapped and had some good matchups throughout Week One. As I'm looking at the scores, uh, your boy DJ High Star. Rocking with the Slime City Pelicans, took care of the Port City Panthers, 162.98 to 109. The Orange Crush fell to the Illtown Glizzy Haters, 152.8 to 154.9. JBM, 135. Brick City Onside Chicks, 105. Patriot Patty taking an L in, in week one. We've got the Terra Squad, 172 versus Game of Zones, and that one was 172 to 132. Uh, New Jersey breadwinner, 115. Altered B seats. Squeaks out a win, 116.4. Winning by less than one point. 
You got the Supreme Team 181.4 to run CMC 210. And that is actually Dwayne Green, my dog Dwayne, representing Charleston uh, by way now of D.C. and all of that. But, dog, we got to give a shout-out to Dwayne. Uh, he is the winner of our week one side bet. He uh, We had a bet prop bet in the league that the highest score of the week would receive a free dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts sponsored by DJ High Star. So shout out to Dwayne. We'll make sure we get that certificate out to you, bro. But what makes this even more unique was in our personal chat, uh, my guy DJ, uh, DJ, uh, from the DJ Blaze radio show podcast, my guy Be Easy took a screenshot after the Thursday night game when he had Jared, uh, your boy, uh, Jared, Adler, Josh Allen out there going off. He was like, man, I feel to do crazy work this week and still ended up losing by nearly 30 points, man. Be easy, bro. <laughs> you was out there gloating. It was all good in the streets about a week ago. Thursday was good, man. But nah, <laughs> the matchup was a tough one, man. He did have um, some folks to just point blank, let him go down. Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from the uh, Minnesota Vikings, zero points. Got a goose egg. Now, what? oddly enough, I was trying to give my dog a pass, but as I look on the other side, uh, Dwayne's team, who he, again, beat Blaze by, not Blaze, beat uh, B-Easy by 30 points. His tight end, zero points. So it's Who like. Who's his tight end? Uh, Cole Kemet. Oh, Cole okay. Kemet from, uh, the, from the Bears. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things, man, when you, when, when folks just kind of, hey, it's, it's football, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was a slip and slide game that provided us with uh you know, some great B-roll footage at the end when uh, all of Chicago's team was sliding through the, the grass or whatnot or, or oh, the turf, the wet turf and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I have to give you your props while we're at it, too. Uh, um, I had, first and foremost, I, I don't know, why, again, I lean toward the Packers just off of a personal bias with their game against Minnesota not remembering who Justin Jefferson is and has been, you know, um, he is who we thought we, who we thought he was, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers laid like a, a three pointer literally for me, something like 3.8 points or something like mm. that for me and uh fantasy. So, uh, gotta give you your props. It's, it's looking good. That hot take that you had, it's starting off pretty well. <laughs> Listen, even when I lose, I win. What you want me to do? Uh, but no, so one of the big things that we noticed and we briefly talked to uh, talked to about and uh, alluded to earlier were the injuries that happened. And, and there were some pretty big ones and some pretty notable ones that happened in week one. I am absolutely under the idea that it's a result of the lack of practice and the lack of preparation. When you go and you're getting your body banged around like that, like you do, so often in the league, it, it, it takes some time for that soft tissue to, to build a resistance to it. And that's why we've seen or saw so many of those types of injuries throughout week one. So we know that uh, some of the notable names that went out in week one, Dak Prescott, TJ Watt, Najee Harris, Keenan Allen, um, Alvin Kamara, who did nothing for me in fantasy. Uh, we had T Higgins to go down. Jamal's Jamal Adams is uh, the Seahawks safety. There's a good chance. I think some said that he, he may ha you know, have to get some surgery and may likely be out for the week. So uh, prayer in the week for the season, but prayers up for him and everybody else that kind of got the, got those injuries throughout the week, bro, which one of those stood out to you is kind of the biggest uh, surprise and, or the, or will be the biggest loss for their team. Mm -hmm. uh, SMH and at the deck injury, definitely. Um, 
Elijah Mitchell, uh, I, you know, the, the running back for the 49ers, but uh, he had some, some, you know, high hopes and stuff like that for the season. Uh, but definitely Dak, Dak, uh, that was a, that was a situation. I mean, uh, it's just that uh, I hate it to happen to him or whatnot. One guy that I'm, uh, if I change space, change speeds just a little bit real quick and then come right back to what we're talking about. Cause I'd like to get your opinion on it as well. The injury situation. One glad, one guy that I'm glad did not uh, get injured was one Lamar Jackson. He has a very interesting situation going on right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so I'm glad that he did not get injured uh, in this first week, and we shall see as the weeks go on what happens with his situation. Um, again, looking at the Kyler Murray and the Deshaun Watson thing, his uh, his agents and his team, as far as personal team, that money team, if you will. Mm-hmm. They not they not caving. They they Which, were, they are some Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, uh, Jerry Maguire type stuff. Show me that. the money now. <laughs> to, to give an extra added level of perspective for that, you know who handles the negotiations for him, right? Help me out with that. Not Tom Cruise. His mom. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, I knew that. Yeah, he got. He didn't have. He doesn't have like any kind of professional Formal agent. His mom right. does all the negotiations. So. Who gonna fight for you like your mama, dog? <laughs> oh, but do you uh, think it's a mistake for him to be playing, and should he, should he be holding out? No. Uh, if you're gonna gamble on yourself, gamble on yourself. Aaron Judge is a prime example. That young man will be getting paid this year for doing something very similar, holding out. Not, not excuse me, not holding out, but just waiting, holding off, and saying, you know what? I'm gonna let my actions go and show show for show for who I am and what I'm capable of. And so now, at the end of the season, we're gonna literally have to break the bank to to keep him and as a member of the New York Yankees. I think that he has that same type of capability. Now, I am selfishly saying this not as a Ravens fan, but as a fan of Lamar Jackson and a guy who drafted him for the second year in fantasy football. <laughs> so I'm definitely wanting to see him be successful. I think that the team themselves will be okay knowing that they uh, got, Ty- I call him Tyrod Taylor Jr., but they've got the uh, mini, mini version of him right there in the backup position with um, Huntley as the backup so definitely I think they as a team are going to be in a good position but we definitely want to wish him much safety through the rest of the season go ahead and score like 16 rushing touchdowns next week if you want to bro I'm not upset with it uh, but definitely we, we, we again wish Spready recovery for all of those young men uh, who their livelihoods are on the line and jeopardized right now as a result of injuries but just before we get finished with football, we get to do our next week pickums. Uh, man, week two is looking like it's going to be a better week than week one. Man, there are a lot of great games starting with the kickoff on Thursday night. Amazon's fitting to win, bro. Uh, Chargers at the Chiefs. Which way are you going? Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. Going two and zero for the season, and uh, definitely a tough pick. And it's going to be a great game. But um, I like the Chiefs, and like I'm just riding with my dog Dunlap this year. Okay, heard out the Carlos. I'm actually gonna go Chiefs in that one too. Next up, Patriots at Steelers. Uh, I like how the Steelers defense performed for me. I don't think that they'll see any kind of drop off with that. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Steelers in this one. 
I am actually going to go with the Patriots. Uh, I think the loss of Najee Harris and of TJ Watt is going to be huge for both sides of that ball. And uh, the Patriots are going to be really hungry. Belichick is going to have them uh, in shape ready for that matchup. So I'm going to go Patriots in that one. Panthers traveling up to New Jersey to take on the Giants. I'm going to go ahead and ride with the Panthers and uh, (laughs) see what they can do uh, for the most part with that. Yeah, I'm going down with the ship. This time, I'm like the the violinist on the Titanic. I'm I'm gonna keep on playing the music. Jets traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Yeah, I think the Jets are going up to Cleveland to take a loss. Um, I'll <laughs> go with Cleveland on that one. Yeah, easy for me too. Cleveland in that one. Colts at Jaguars. I like that game, and in the prospect of that, I think. The Jaguars showed some promise, as you kind of predicted with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think does it show where it's going to be? Say it one more time. Does it show where the game is going to be at? It's in in Jacksonville. Um, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Colts. Mm, I'm going Jags. Yeah, I, I, like you said, they, they, they show some promise. And I think that the Colts have a little bit too much to figure out with Matt Ryan there at quarterback position. So, I, yeah, I want, I'm, I'm going to go to Jags in that one. Next up, Dolphins coming up to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Mm, I like Baltimore in this one. I'm, I'm, dog, I, I talked a lot of trash about Tua Tungvaloa, but I'm, I'm liking the Dolphins in that one, bro. Dolphins over the Ravens for me. Okay, so this going to give me a chance. See, that's three right there. I'm going to be able to get up on you. And then they're saying we're going we gonna to even this thing out. In uh, another Sunday afternoon game, what could be a preview of the NFC South Championship, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Yeah, again, I'm not betting against Tom Brady unless he gives me a reason to. If you saw how he was looking at his lineman last week uh, against the Cowboys after a couple of blown coverages and stuff like that. Um, I think he's going to have them ready to play this week coming up against the Saints. So I'm going to go with the Bucks. Now, this one is a hard one for me, similar to the Saints game last week. Uh, I was very, 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 very much expecting the Saints to lose that game, even though I still picked them to win the NFC South. But to me, honestly, they're ahead of the curve. And so my instinct is telling me to select the Saints as they continue on their domination of the NFC South take a quick two-game lead in the division. But it's hard to pick against Tom Brady, uh, even with a road trip. But you know how he performs in domes. Um, I'm going to go Bucks in this one as well. Next up, Commanders at the Lions. And, and we'll talk about it in a second. First time in 25 games that the Lions are favored to win. Who you got in the Commanders going up against Detroit Lions? Uh, shout out to Swift and everything he's doing. But I got Washington in that game. Okay. Um, I want to go with the favorites. Let's go Lions. All right. Seahawks 49ers in San Fran. Uh, I'm going to go with the the Niners bouncing back after a tough week. Uh, Again, it's not enough to be said about what Pete Carroll's doing in Seattle as far as getting his guys ready to play. Uh, But I'm going to go with Seattle. I mean, excuse me, San Fran. San Fran. I'm going with the Niners. Yeah, I'm going Niners too. Falcons at the Rams going cross country to L.A. 
think LA bounces back, gets their first win of the season. Uh, so I'm going with the Rams on that one. I agree, Rams. Cardinals at the Raiders. The Raiders. Mm, this one's a tough one for me. I am going to go Raiders. Texans at Broncos. Um, Again, a similar situation to San Fran and to the Rams. I think the Broncos come back and Russell Wilson figures out some things and that the Broncos come away with their first win of the season. Yeah, they can't afford to get two in a row, two in a row uh, in the hole like that. So I'm going Broncos as well. Bengals at Cowboys. Listen, man, <laughs> that's my quarterback, man. Right. I uh, I hate to do it. With so many Dallas fans out there and stuff like that, but I like the Bengals in this one. I enjoy to do it with as many uh, Cowboys <laughs> fans that are out there. Bengals, big uh, Bears at Packers. Um, I don't. I want, and everything in me wants to go with the Packers uh, this week. The Bears kind of was my little, uh, what do they call it, like sleepy horse or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It was my quiet pick last week. I'm going to go with the Bears again. Um, division foe, and Aaron Rodgers is not equipped with all of his weapons. Man, young man out of Ohio State got them playing some ball, man. Like you said, that picture, that's something legendary right there, man. I'm going Bears as well. And uh, the first Monday night game of the week, Titans at the Bills. Yeah, easy choice for me. Uh, Like you said, at the Bills, so they're up there in upstate New York. Going with Buffalo, um, the defense, style defense, and it's a long way to travel from Nashville. Uh, So it's going with the Bills. Although I think that's going to be an amazing matchup. I, I too think I'm going to go with the Bills. They just look too good, and, and they're going to have to show me that they're not that good in real life before I pick against them. And then last up, we've got an 8:30 game: the Vikings at the Eagles. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings. One. Okay. I'm going to go Eagles. I I I think that defense is sneaky good, and I, I think they'll be able to take care of. Mr. Jeff- Justin Jefferson, we won't see no uh, no gritties out there unless they're doing it mocking at him. I'm going to go Eagles in that one. So we will see how we fare moving forward with next week. Like I said, uh, I picked enough against you, hopefully, that I can you know make some ground on, the, on that three losses. But you guys hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net if you want to share some of yours as well. So next up, uh, I had the opportunity this week to interview – Jamie, the Detective Maldowney, man. This past summer, he had the privilege to play overseas representing the Irish under-20 national team in the FIBA tournament. And uh, I don't think it was a FIBA, but it was the international tournament uh, over in Georgia, man. And just listening to him was a wonderful opportunity hearing about his experience. And so without further ado, we're going to let you guys check it out now. All right, next up, folks, we got a very, very special guest on the line, Mr. Jamie, the detective, Mild Downey. Welcome in, bro. How you been, man? I've been doing great. It's, it's great to be back on. It's been a long time since we've been on here, so great to be back here. Yes, sir, definitely, man. And now, since the last time that you were on with us, man, you have gone back home over across the water. You've been in a tournament, man. You have enrolled in college. You just got life going on, man. It has, in fact, been too long, man. So 
let's just jump and dive straight into it, man. This past summer, you had the privilege of playing in the FIBA Under-20 European Championship, man. What, where, where to start? How was the experience overall for you? It was, it was amazing to get out there. And it's a country, Georgia, which is right on the edge of Europe, bordering in the Middle East. It was definitely something new to be there. It's like a post-Soviet country and all this amazing like mountains and stuff. But even just to play in a tournament and with that quality of players and, and to get the opportunity to represent your country, it's just something special to be out there with, you know. Absolutely. Yes. And I had a chance to watch a couple of it. A couple of our fans, uh, if you remember, we shared it on the social media. So definitely a big shout out, man. We were definitely proud to see you out there. Now, over there, when you played, you just mentioned playing with some of the really some great players from around the world. What stood out to you with the competition and the level of play in comparison to what you may have experienced in other tournaments similar or even here in the States in high school? Definitely the difference in Europe and playing over here in the States was just the size, the physicality. And I don't want to say it, but that tournament, especially the skill level was something different. Like we, we played against seven footers and such that could do everything almost. And, you know, to try and stop guys like that, it's really tough to do. You really kind of have to, to buckle down, but, you know, we had some amazing guys in our team too. We had CJ Fulton, who's he started as a freshman at Lafayette and we have, this man, Sam Alajiki, who's uh, all freshman team in the Pac-12, plays over at Cal Berkeley. You know, we had some amazing talent on our team, too. So it was just amazing to be surrounded by those guys and hear about their experiences along with playing myself out there. You know, it was it was really something else for my experience. So I, I know you're 19. Will, will you have the opportunity to play with this team again in the future? No, I'm I'm two weeks. Um, January first to cut off, and I'm born in the middle of December, so I'm ah. I'm just moving by a couple of weeks. But one of my good friends, Killian Gribben, who's on that team, he he's born in the in 2003, so he gets the opportunity to go back out there and play again next year. So I'll be looking forward to watching him out there again. Sweet. Now I, I will. I like transparency. Uh, you, when watching you play um, during the tournament, there was something that I noticed that was just different about you man i enjoy watching you play um I, I i was talking with dj high star and i mentioned it's like yo in every game that my guy hit a free throw he hit 100 percent. now granted there was one game where you didn't hit any <laughs> you were 0 for 2 but yeah. taking small things like that small victories where you were two for two in one game one for one in another or even the 44 percent that you shot overall from three what do you think are some of the biggest takeaways with your game personally that are going to aid you in your career moving forward and even your freshman year upcoming? Well, one thing that I really liked when I was talking with my coaches over there, Coach Potty Fleming and even Coach Morrell back here at Coker was when he was giving me phone calls and I was obviously talking with the staff a lot out there was, you know, I was I was fighting for a role because I was kind of stuck in between two of our best scorers. Mm. So I, I had limited minutes and I worked my way up, but just to go out there and you know, give it everything you have and go out there and games and just take charges and bring energy and keep taking small victories. That's what keep going. Like if I concentrate on the first game, I only played about two minutes. If I would have just come out of that game and go, wow, I came all this way just to play two minutes in the first game. It wouldn't have been it. Like we sat down and talked, you know, a great way to rebound, push the ball rotations were, were pretty good and then come out the next game and kind of build on from there and build all the way up. And that's why I think I had a good tournament. That's important for, other young kids who are playing basketball 
especially the people, you know, I've coached young kids uh, myself growing up and I might be helping out with AAU this year with some teams. And even this year at Coker as well, um, take small victories from everything that you do. Take small victories every day because, you know, if you always focus on the bad, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pile down on top of you and you're not really going to be there mentally. You know, it's, it's going to overwhelm you. So take small victories every day. And I think I did that at the tournament and it really, it really helped me grow and mature as the tournament went on even itself over that short period of time. Absolutely. As you mentioned, the first game, um, it's they've got you listed with three minutes. You doubled yeah. that over in the next game, 6, 10, 15, 23, where you grew. And, and and it was evident and prevalent on the floor, man. The player that you are, like I said, I, I just really enjoy your game, man. Now, they've got you listed at 6, 7. I'm not going to ask if that's the height in real life. But uh, knowing the, the physical style that you play and then with the ball handling, um, what do you think your role is going to be, as you mentioned, moving into your uh, freshman year there at Coker University? Um, you know, Coach Morrell has has he's had a keen spot for me and he wants me to kind of play this this stretch four per se. We're kind of playing more positionless basketball. Everyone's gonna play every spot in this more fluent kind of offense. And yeah, he expects me as number one to shoot the ball and he loves my ability to push and transition, but just the way I can fit into any system that he wants to play. He's really excited for that kind of thing, you know, as a as an all-round player. It's something that you add. It's, it's the modern kind of player that you need in basketball these days, someone who can do a bit of everything, maybe not be great at everything, but be great at one thing and then be good all around at everything else. It can really bring something, especially that four spot. It's the glue guy kind of role, I think, in basketball. So that's what I'm pushing for myself, and that's what coach expects of me this year. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm coming with a left field question for you. What was the weirdest thing that you ate during your visit and trip back home and for the tournament? Okay. So there wasn't necessarily anything weird, but every time we went down for lunch, we had we're in this beautiful five-star hotel at that tournament. Every time we went down for lunch, they had they had glizzies for breakfast. <laughs> It was just every time we went down there and we like for, there was like these snack meals. Like if you, your game was during dinner or lunch, they'd have a snack mm-hmm. and it would, be, it would just be glizzies and cookies. And that's what you'd have before a game. And I, I, we, we were sick of them by the second or third day. And it was, that was probably the most, that's the one thing that if you ask anyone on our team, that's all I have people remember is those, the, the, the hot dog sausages, like those things were, it was overdone <laughs> by the last day, but one thing I will say about Georgia is it's it's weird. The price, the way their currency and stuff works is mm-hmm. 27 gel for, let's say, a sandwich. But their currency is 3.5 times the dollar. So you're really paying $6 for, you know, a meal that would cost something like 10 over here. So everything was cheaper over there, which was something interesting for that country. But, yeah. That was the glizzies were the weirdest kind of thing. <laughs> the consistent outlaying of them. Yeah, I could definitely see how that would be uh, throwing a little bit. Now, swinging back into uh, your freshman year, as I mentioned, we're, when looking at the schedule, I see you guys, uh, what's listed as your first game against Erskine down in November. I'm sure you got a little preseason and things going before then. But what do you think are going to be the keys to you guys kind of gelling? And as you mentioned, moving more towards that positionless ball uh, and, and for the upcoming season. I think one thing that is, it's definitely, you know, we've had our kind of our preseason practice. We're only allowed four hours a week, so we don't really get to see each other that much and such. But 
in when we have these big group practices and stuff, when people really start, when people can go at each other and challenge each other and then not take it personally up the court, like we've done well so far doing that. That's the kind of stuff that we need as a program. You know, obviously we struggled last year and as a freshman, especially I, I didn't want to shy away with the experience I've kind of had overseas and coach really kind of emphasized it when I came and he said, you know, I don't want you to, to be shy and be nice and be kind, like come in and play hard and ruffle some feathers of some guys and, you know, really push them to the next level. And I think so far at practice, we've done a good job. Like Jordan Jones and, and Damar, two of the best guys on our team, they love to talk like trash to each other and they love to lift the levels of other people. You know, it's really, it's really great to play with those guys because, you know, you know, as coach was coach was saying the other day, Jordan hasn't had a bad practice since he's been at Coker. You know, wow. he just brings he just brings this level of energy and it's just consistent the whole time. It, it kind of gets contagious at times. You know, it's just great to play with a guy who's always got energy no matter what. In addition to all the the energy with the young guys mixing with a couple of those veterans there, I saw that you guys have a new assistant coach too, uh, Coach Peterson. Tell me a little bit about your interaction with him and, and how he's kind of melding in along with you guys and the new guys coming into that Coca College culture. Yeah. You know, a lot of new people, a lot of new faces, 12 new incomers, freshmen and transfers and whatnot. And then obviously Coach Rob. I've loved Coach Rob so far. He's he's hilarious and he's he's he has experience. He played uh he played his college ball at high point for for four years and he's he really knows what's going on. He's experienced, but he loves to have fun with it too. He kind of, he's younger, so he can relate to us as much as he can relate to coach as well. You know, he's, oh, he's a great guy. He's great to be around, you know, on and off the court. And he's, he's always got some kind of smile on his face and he's always happy about something, you know, but he's also at the same time with that, he can, he can, he can take it aside and he can be serious and he can, he can be real with you when he needs to be. But he's 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 been great so far. I've liked him so far. We'll see how he goes when we things get tough and he has to cuss guys out like coach does too. So, but mm-hmm. so far it's been a great experience with him and coach so far. Even you know we have been cussed out so far, but it's been good so far. I'm happy, I'm happy <laughs> right now. So. It just builds a little bit of character. That's that. That's all it is, man. No, he's, he's a great character, along with Coach Morrell. He can he can flip switches like like that. Like he's he's something else. He's something I haven't been coached by yet, which I'm excited for a new experience with him. Now you, you you're mentioning new experiences. I want to take you off the court for just a second. What has been the biggest transition for you? Um, now, again, we understand as a student athlete, it's a little bit different. You've had the chance to travel the world being from Ireland. But what would you say is the biggest transition into college life as a student athlete? Uh, as again, just not even on the court, just that transition period. Just like, you know, in high school and such, when you come from a different country, you're kind of you're kind of like these guide rails, per se, are, are put up and you kind of have to follow the path. Once, like in high school, you know, we were we had all these like rules and stuff set out, and you know, it was the right thing. It was to protect us, and make sure we didn't do anything dumb, and we were there for the right reasons and such. But in college, it's really, you know, this independence just comes on to you, like you, everything's down to you. Like you have to go to class, you have to get to practice. No one's going to remind you of anything. You know, there's going to be one text in the group chat that you've got study hall at this time or practice or this time, and it's up to you to take care of your classes and your homework. Like there's, there's no one tapping on your shoulder or telling you what to do. It's, it's all down to you. So you need to take care of things yourself. You know, it's, 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 
I wouldn't call it the real world, but it, you get kind of a real kind of grasp of the real world when you're that you're getting into once you get into college. Yeah, it's absolutely the training ground for 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 the real world. I'll give you that much. But I will also say, take your time and enjoy it, man. Uh, I was talking with some fraternity brothers today, and uh, we were reminiscing about my our uh, undergraduate experience and myself twenty plus years ago. Well, yeah, no, right at twenty years ago, man. Uh, and it seems like yesterday. So take your time, enjoy it. I am excited to see what you and the Coca Cobras are going to be able to do this season, man. Uh, anything you want to highlight to people or let them know before you get ready to get out of here, man? Um, I got to experience the two weeks after that tournament in Europe. I actually got to experience being somewhat normal. You know, I, I took a week and a half off from no practice, no basketball, because I knew in the second that tournament and we're coming into preseason here. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of just got to, you know, take a step back and just, you know, see what life was outside of basketball. And again, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird having that, that much like free time and, you know, your knees and your ankles don't hurt the whole time and that stuff. But, you know, after like four or five days, I went, man, this is really boring for me. Like, I just, <laughs> I can't stay away from like the court. Like I just need, you know, when you do something that you love so much and you just get away from it from a little bit, you know, it's just you get an itch to get back to it. So it was, I was happy to get back over, you know, obviously it was great to go back and see family and friends again that I haven't seen in a year or two years, even since I left back for high school, my junior year. So it was great to be back and, you know, just appreciate what you have and the opportunity you have and, you know, just follow the path that God has laid out for you and just do it to the best of you, best of your abilities. And that's, that's all I really have left. Absolutely. And, and you're using your opportunities, man. And it's a privilege to see. It's a privilege to be able to, to know you and, and to watch your development. I, I've got a strong itching feeling that you're going to be playing some, high quality basketball for some time, including getting some trips to get back over there, whether it be for the national team or whether it be to play some pro ball after college, man. I got a good feeling about it, man, that there's way more in store for the detective, man. So, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to join us, man. Like I said, we'll tap in with you throughout the season. Maybe we can yeah. see if myself and High Star or maybe a couple of our fans make it out and join you guys for a couple of games out there at Coker. But again, Jamie, thank you for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your night, man. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Man, oh man, I want to thank Jamie again for that for that amazing interview, man. He, he just the maturity of the young man is dope, man. But what did you think about the interview, bro? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm really really proud of the young man's growth and and to see how far he's come is um awesome. You know, uh, it's also great to see just, you know, where where he's headed at and everything like that uh, or whatnot. So, shout out to the detective. Yeah, most definitely, man. We're going to have to uh Live up to that promise, man, and you and I are going to have to make it out there to some of those games and check them out and maybe do a, a little live spot or something like that, man. So definitely wish him much success uh, as he enters his freshman year this year in the Coca-Cobras. Uh, we definitely keeping our eye out on you guys and looking for some big things from you. So at this point, speaking of big things, y'all know what it is. It's time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. The segment where we give you headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or no thing. As I mentioned during our pick'em segment, the Lions are favored to win versus the, com- uh, the Commanders. I want to call them the Commodores so bad. Versus the Commanders after 24 straight games as the underdog. Big deal or no thing? Um, a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you, too. That's a big uh, deal. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a big deal. Why you say, bro? Uh, I mean, it's a good sign for the organization. Um, I like how they looked last week. 
Um, although it was in a loss, if I'm not mistaken, I forget who they who their matchup was um, last week. Uh, Let's take but who was that? Now they actually beat the Jaguars. Oh, they yeah okay they they uh, beat the Jaguars, but I think it's a sign of of kind of the direction they're going as an organization. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, while we were picking the games for next week, DeAndre Swift looks good. Um, you know, and, and I mean, the team as a whole is, is solid, if you will, or at least formidable. So they're not the laughing stock of the league. I think a couple other teams may have taken that role from them and taken that title. So, um, yeah, it's just a big deal to show the momentum uh, that they're trending, like the direction that they're trending, rather. Definitely. And I agree. Um, it's it's this time they're definitely due for it. So um, I'm I'm hoping that this is just that signification of them turning around and being a little bit more and being a little bit different. Because if they can do, if the Detroit Lions can do it, man, it's just it's got to be some hope for the Panthers. So definitely, oh excuse me, definitely a big deal for me. Uh, next up, big wheel for kickers. <laughs> Bro, I'm not even going to take it out. Big yes. wheel, nah, big week for kickers. Yeah, man, they were the reason for a lot of the wins as well as a lot of the losses, including someone losing their job. So big deal, little thing that the kickers had a terrible or an awesome week. Yo, who lost their job? <laughs> big deal, little thing, and we'll get oh. into it. <laughs> All right. Uh, big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. Uh, Mr. Blankenship, uh, former Georgia kicker was uh, let go based on his ineptitude to kick. So, mm. yeah. If you'll remember him, but, he's the gentleman that wears the goggles that look like the black frame glasses, played in the national championship for Georgia. Pretty um, Right, but for who, what team, though, did he let, get let go? The Colts. Okay. Yeah, apparently they just got to a point where they're like, yeah, nah, we're good, bro. We, <laughs> we'll go and let you hit the road hot rod. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so why you say it's a big deal? Um. So... Wanted to go ahead and tie this into my uh, the reason it's a big deal, but uh, a lot of the play callers and stuff like that, kind of seen from the first week, they're I don't know if they've been playing Madden a little bit more nowadays and stuff like that, or feeling riskier and more Riverboat Ronish. Shout out to our boy Riverboat Ron, uh, but you know a lot of people, a lot of clubs are going for it on fourth down when they traditionally would punt the ball and just you know, the the unwritten rules of the game. But uh, just seeing it close up as far as the uh, the importance of the kick, the importance of the whole kick game uh, itself, right? Like, uh, again, uh, we went up, and as we went up, as far as the Panthers, um, by one, our morale and the crowd went up with us. Mm-hmm. And then to turn around and, uh, and to go down, to the uh, Browns now, albeit after two very, very questionable calls and, you know, again, the fake rough in the past are going on and the uh, intentional grounding. But uh, yeah, outside of that, even with Mr. Blankenship, had he made a kick, they wouldn't be looking at a tie. Um, the Giants game uh, could have ended the whole a whole nother way mm-hmm. had the kick been made. So, yeah, it's definitely a big deal just because the importance of the kickers was highlighted this weekend. For everything you just said, sir, 
bravo zulu job well done uh, and i agree wholeheartedly the level of nerves you got to have to be able to get out in some of those positions and situations and know that all the work that your teammates have collectively done comes down to you doing your job or not and so ultimately you got to have um some big ones and some nerves of steel to be able to uh deal with that kind of pressure and some can some can't and uh, for those that don't you end up without a job like mr blankenship so Definitely a big deal for me. Last up on Big Deal No Things, South Carolina State University Bulldogs bounce back with a big 33-9 victory over Bethune-Cookman. Big deal or no thing? Um, I'm going to say no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Hmm. I'm still going to go the other way. That's a big deal. Why are you saying? Uh, it's one of those ones, if I'm looking on the calendar, when the season starts, um, you know, uh, looking at that game and saying, hey, we need to – it's one of the games that we need to win. Um, and then again, you know, I their first their first week was uh what it had to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh get the check or whatnot and and whatnot. But um <laughs> besides that, I, I say that it's uh like I said, no, no, no thing. Yeah, I said it was a big deal simply because similar to what you said. It's one of those ones you got to win. And so for them to come out and bounce back after that, um, after you mentioned the week, the week one money game and, and had several, several mistakes that cost them uh, some infamy across the country, including being in a lot of different little memes and things like that. Corey Fields got off six of 16 for 141 yards, one touchdown, had a nice little showing rushing as well. Um, but I think what one of the biggest things that stand out for me this game is Shaq Davis extends his touchdown um, streak as well. The, the young man is, is making himself some money. He's consistently showing up when he needs to. He only had one catch for 87 yards in the touchdown, but he's consistently saying, hey, every game I'm here, y'all got to account for me. And as teams are beginning to do give that double and triple coverage the same way, he's doing what he needs to do in the right moments to go ahead and get off and, and, and again now extending that touchdown streak. So, it's definitely big and key for me. I want to see what they are able to do moving forward. Uh, they take their one and one record into uh, A and T uh, next Saturday, September the twenty fourth, in that evening game, followed by a matchup against the South Carolina Gamecocks, um, which you know we all, by all accounts, expect to be not that close. But again, if they're able to, who knows? Pulls up, pull off the upset. Well, uh, shout out to Appalachian State. Listen, oh man, shout out to Appalachian State, man. F listen, I know that ain't on the thing, Mel, but I'm literally finna take the time up to time to pull that one up because App State, man, in what really turns out to be World Beaters Part Two, man, the Appalachian State Mountaineers went up to College Station and took on the number twenty four, well now number twenty four, Texas A and M Aggies, and. Gave him that business, man. 17-13 final score upset. Man, it felt like Michigan all over again, 2007. We just talked about them last week, and here they go. Coming to shine, coming to show out. Put a little, you know, put a little stank on the season, man. But college football, pro football have all been super exciting this this week and well, this so far this season. And I'm excited for the continuation, man. We got football with us until February, bro. Man, like how lucky are we, man? Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh anything you want to holler at the people before we go, bro? No. <laughs> Shout out to Red out of uh Red's Pops out of Friday from Friday. No. Uh, no. <laughs> you want any parts of this old man? No. Nope. 
my dog. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. We thank you and appreciate you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Facebook or the Instagram page at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us up on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Until next week, peace.